The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you have joined us here on the Spirit of Recovery, and thank you so much for liking the Spirit of Recovery page on Facebook and for posting on our Facebook page. It's great to hear what's happening in your world and great to hear that what we're doing is making a difference for you, that you're uh, getting a lot out of the, what their guests are bringing to you here on Spirit of Recovery. So thank you so much for uh, letting us know you're out there. And I want to thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, your unity community, and your other spiritual communities and your friendship groups know about us here on unityonlineradio.org. I love the opportunity to broadcast about recovery and spirituality, and it's, it's just a wonderful opportunity. So thank you for being listeners for making this possible. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community and we have guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable and innovative, people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people. And we bring you always practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can, of course, listen live. You can listen um, via your computer, via your smart device. You can um, uh, listen to archives. You can listen on demand. It, go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery. And also, you can financially support Unity Online Radio. I know that you must feel moved by this program and perhaps by other programs that you hear on Unity Online Radio. And so now it's very easy to uh, support the network financially. You can use your smartphone. You can either make a one-time gift or you can make a recurring contribution. Text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone and know that your contribution will be continuing to support the great programming that we have here on Unity Online Radio, and that includes the Spirit of Recovery. I want you to know that the Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place and that if you're a person in recovery from any kind of an addiction, if you're the family member or friend of someone that has the disease of addiction, perhaps they're in recovery, perhaps they're not. Perhaps you're in recovery as a friend or family member or not. Um, maybe you're just curious about the process of recovery and spirituality. Wherever you're coming from, you are welcome here as a listener. You're welcome to uh, call in or email in with a comment or a question for my guest. And uh, just know that we're very glad that you're here, glad you're listening And again, you're welcome to participate in our discussions if you choose. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. Also, I'm a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And over 33 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And ever since that time, my walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles. And that walk 
just keeps transforming my life in deeper and richer ways, and it keeps me growing. So um, I'm just, again, delighted to have the opportunity to share with you and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery walk. Today, um, we have another great program for you and a very interesting guest who I know you're going to learn a lot from and also really enjoy. Our topic today is Overcoming Barriers to Recovery in the Latino Community. Um, There are over 53 million people, 17% of the population of the United States, who identify themselves as Latino. And... uh, Unfortunately, there are cultural barriers, language barriers, and sometimes clinical barriers that can throw up uh, uh, impediments to people in the Latino community getting treatment and getting into the recovery process when that's needed. That There can be uh, some real changes in attitude, changes in policy, and also uh, real important is the recruitment of bilingual and bicultural recovery professionals and the expansion of culturally aware uh, recovery peer support, then all those things can uh, make a big difference to uh, supporting recovery for those people in the Latino community who uh, are looking for that looking for that recovery process. My guest today is Eliana Lavoni Schippel. She is a licensed chemical dependency counselor, and for uh, 27 years, Eliana has been uh, offering and providing bilingual, bicultural, professional recovery services. She was born in Peru, and um, she has been um, in the United States for a very long time and also has, has traveled the world. And uh, what she's going to be sharing with us today is how what is called in the field, and she'll tell us some more about this too later today, culturally competent treatment and support groups can really support long-term recovery in the Latino community. Eliana herself is a woman who is in long-term recovery, 31 years of recovery, um, she has been inducted as into the Hall of Fame in the Texas Association of Addiction Professionals. She has been nominated and, and has won the award in TAP. That's the Texas Addiction Professionals Organization of Counselor of the Year. And she was featured in Newsweek um, for opening the first Hispanic treatment center in Texas, which was in in Dallas, and that was in 1989. And so uh, Eliana brings with her lots and lots of great experience um, in this area. So Eliana, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for asking me. Very glad that you're here. Um, boy, you've got lots to, to uh, tell us about today. And I'm going to ask you, if you would, if you'd start by sharing uh, your own story. You're a Latina, a woman in long-term yes, recovery. I was- 31 years. Tell us your story. 31 years. Well, um, I'm, uh, I was a victim of a violent crime, and I survived that. And uh, instead of taking care of myself and going to the appropriate uh, professionals, I decided that I was strong enough to do it myself. And uh, depression came into my life. And the only way I could, I thought I could handle it was having a drink every night, and that became two. And after a while, a bottle was not enough. And after 20 years, I was actually very, very sick. Spiritual, I was in bankruptcy. I was not well physically, mentally, spiritually, nothing. I was dying. (laughs) Actually, Mm -hmm. I was. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw myself in the mirror, and uh, I said, something's got to change. I called my husband. I said, I need help. That was the best day of my life because I walked treatment. Nobody forced me or made me or nothing. I walked and said, help me, please. Mm -hmm. And were you already in the U.S. at that time when you began your treatment and recovery process? Yes. Yes, the first 10 years I spent them in Peru, and I have to admit that they were not the worst. The, 20 next, the other 10 more years that I came to this wonderful country, everything was there, and my husband traveled a lot, so I took advantage of that and start, my disease started growing and growing, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you so that's great that you got into treatment 
uh, here. Were there, what was that like for you as a Latina? Were there any barriers for you? Were there things that could have worked for you better? And that was, again, 31 years ago. So that was the early 80s. So I don't know. What okay. was it like? There was right. only, only two, two treatment centers here. I picked one. And uh, it was not working because feelings can only be expressed in your native language. And my English was not good. So they will come and ask me, how you doing, Eliana? I would say, good. I mean, I was not doing nothing but lying in bed there because I didn't understand the language. And they didn't talk Spanish until the director found out and asked me if I was... Uh, okay with an outside bilingual counselor to come and see me, and of course I was ready, and I said yes, and this lady, bless her, opened the doors for my recovery because she talked fluent Spanish. Mm-hmm. And how did you uh, bridge, I'm guessing anyway, that in treatment that you were in groups as well as individual? So how did that work? So she came, she was bilingual, Helping you? Well, how did you uh, together? I, I did a lot of individual because on group I got lost. But mm-hmm. the good thing about it is that the neighborhood, even if the clinic was a very good one, a very expensive one, it was a neighborhood where a lot of Latinos lived. So we had a local AA. So that's what helped me with groups. And then this lady came for my individuals. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the so, way I, I start getting better. Right. Yeah. It does. The language can be a, a huge barrier, as you're saying. It that, is. Because, um, yes. yeah, when, especially when you're talking about uh, sensitive subjects, it's, yeah, it's just, it's hard you to do You don't know that. the words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You don't know the words in English. So you have to say, I'm fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what um so one thing I know you you had mentioned to me one time before is about the food that even something that might seem like well food what difference does that make but that makes a lot of difference doesn't it if you're staying somewhere you're trying to get well tell us about that uh, well, um, American food, it's a little bad for us. I mean, they don't have spices as we do. Latin American and Mexican uh, people use a lot of spices in our food. So our, our nature is to accept all that kind of wonderful spices. And then we go to this bland diet that we call American food. I'm sorry, I apologize for that. But they don't have much spices on it. So what they should do is be a little more sensitive about us and ask us what kind of peppers do you use just to put it on the side, you know, because we even get problems with our stomach if we eat just American food. The same mm-hmm. you do when you go to a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Right. So so those things that might seem to be small things really aren't small things, especially when you're they trying are to not. overcome they a disease. Are not. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, um what got you got you interested in becoming a, an addictions uh recovery counselor because okay, you've been a counselor for 27 years, so you were yeah. in recovery yourself. Yeah. Right? Well, what happened is that I felt so safe in my treatment phase that I started to go to aftercare for two years, I think, until they told me, Ellie, it's time for you to leave the nest. You've got to have a life. Don't be here all the time because that's not healthy. Why don't you go, if you are learning so much from us sitting, just you are co-facilitating already, why don't you go to school and uh, be a bilingual, bicultural counselor? And I said, but who's going to hire me being an alcoholic? And I said, precisely, Ellie, that's why they'll hire you. And I said, oh, my God, only in America can happen these miracles. Yep. And I went to school and I got my 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 license sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did. I did. Yeah. Because somebody said you you enjoy so much groups and you are good at it, why don't you try to be one, you know? And that's what made me go to school. Uh-huh. When you be 
uh, I'll come back to that in just a moment, but it, I just was wondering, like, when you were in aftercare and, and you were participating in uh, the, the recovery community, what was your network like uh, with other Latino people? Um, were you finding relationships, connections there or not? I just, I just went to Hispanic AA, though that was my way to communicate with my Latino community. But mainly there were men. They didn't like women being in their groups because they had to watch the language and be appropriate. And unfortunately, my people, the male Hispanic, it's a little off at the when they are angry and they use uh, four-letter words. And they didn't like women to be there because they didn't want to disrespect them. But I went anyways because I wanted my my sobriety. So they got this to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, so, you, so it sounds like you were making some uh, connections there, as you say, in the Latino-Hispanic community. Um, but did you start any women's groups or how did that go? Well, um, I wanted to help my own people, so I bought a building in a very tough, rough um, neighborhood. I cleaned it up and I started the first treatment center in North Texas and it was very successful. That's mm-hmm. how I got into the Spanish community. And the city of Dallas and, uh, and the state of Texas helped me a lot when Ann Richards was the governor. And she, she is a recovering alcoholic herself, was. Uh, she yes. left us already. And uh, she was the first one in the city of Dallas to, uh, to put some trust on my agency, and that's the way we started La Posada. Huh. And could you give us the English translation of La Posada? La Posada is what we call, when Jesus was born, a place to rest after a long journey. That's what hmm. La Posada means. Hmm. Jesus was born in one. That's what we call where he was born, La Posada. Hmm. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. It is. Wow. It is. It is. So how did you get the attention of Ann Richards, who was as the governor of Texas, and as you say, uh, has left us here on Earth Plane by, at this point, but was, as you say, a recovered alcoholic herself. So how did you get her attention and, and start getting help because from the Because she was reading Newsweek, and there was an article about me being the uh, America's hero, um, represented the state of Texas. And she called everybody saying, and who's that lady? And we have to help her because she's Newsweek. Everybody knows who she is but us. So let's call her and see how we can help her. And that was the first funding La Posada ever had. Wow. That's incredible. That's a a great story. Yes. God. God is good. Yeah, for sure. Well, hold on to that. It's time for our break. And um, we'll be right back. My topic today is overcoming barriers to recovery in the Latino community. My guest is Aliana Lavoni-Shippel. She is a bilingual, bicultural addiction recovery professional. And um, she is sharing with us how to bring good treatment to the Latino community. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. 
Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Okay. My name is Anna Schaus, and our program today, our topic, if you're just joining us, is Overcoming Barriers to Recovery in the Latino Community. And my guest is Eliana Lavoni Schippel, a licensed chemical dependency counselor. She gives bilingual and bicultural professional services to um, people in the Latino community. But before I get back to my conversation with Eliana, um, I invite you to join me in the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to be aware of your breath. Allow yourself to relax. Allow your mind to open and your heart to open. And share with me this constructive idea. I trust God to guide me into fruitful paths of wonderful service. New doors of opportunity, new doors of service are open to me now. I trust God to guide me into fruitful avenues of wonderful service. I trust God to lead me into paths of new service opening wonderful doors. Let's take a moment in the quiet. for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that you had a moment to make that conscious contact with your higher power and uh, that you are feeling that love and that presence that is your higher power. And now I'm back in conversation with my guest, Eliana Lavoni Schippel, licensed chemical dependency counselor, bilingual bicultural recovery professional. And our topic is overcoming barriers to recovery in the Latino community. So, um, Eliana, before the break, you were telling us about how um, uh, the state of Texas was supporting La Posada, your uh, Hispanic treatment facility there in Dallas, and and that that was the first one in Texas. Yes, and you it were was. So, you, and you were talking about God being so good. So, how did your how did spirituality, how did God, the higher power, play a part? in this all coming about. Tell us about that. Well, what I've got as a support group is AA. The 12-step program is spiritual. I just knew that everything I was doing was not right. So I turned my life and my everything to God. And once I turned my life to God, things start falling in place. And I'm who I am now because of accepting that I couldn't do it alone, that he had to help me, and he did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. And, and sure, through that, you've been able to help um, a lot of people, that's for sure. Um, yes. 
tell us a little bit about what made La Posada special. Like, what were you doing there that maybe wasn't done for you when you went to treatment or that's different? What was what made it special um, that really addressed well, Because of my recovery, I understood that uh, people took Hispanic clients or patients because of insurance or because of whatever reason without giving them any productive services because these people didn't talk the language. So because God had given me this second chance and a new life, I knew I could with family resources buy a building and give them a chance to recovery. So I got myself very busy talking with probation officers, parole officers, churches, everybody that had Hispanics or Latinos on the caseload and told them that we were open to people monolingual that didn't have a chance anywhere but to talk their own language. And you might think that Mexicans talk different than Central Americans and South Americans, which is not True. We might have some slang difference between our Spanish, but uh, we we make sense to each other very good. And the culture mm-hmm. and the religion is basically all of us. Mm-hmm. Other than the so the lang- go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. That, that's what made me think about the people at that time that didn't have any help from anybody, but thank God for AA that had three groups on those days. But a lot of people didn't want to go to to AA. They didn't trust it for some reason, which nowadays we are growing and growing in Spanish. It's amazing, amazing what AA and NA is doing for the Hispanics. Tell us a little bit more about that. What is happening in AA and NA um, for the Hispanic community? Uh, I think the movement started about 20 years ago. Before that, there were two or three people going there, but they had the courage and the patience to stay there until we understood that it was a place to, 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 to go and follow simple 12 ways and steps that it was so simple for very complicated people <laughs> and we learned that and uh, we we go we go it's our it's a life too right for sure the um what what are some other uh, special kind of considerations that people who are latino or hispanic need to uh, what would help people to either recovering people, other recovering people that are maybe Anglo's or re- or treatment professionals. What are, what would be helpful for people okay. to know? Okay, uh, there's two things I don't talk about. It's tough life and codependency, because that goes against a whole being. We not let go on our kids. No matter what, we are mothers or grandmothers or whatever. I'm talking about women. But if mm-hmm. we tell them that it's on the best interest not to help them with money, keep on loving him, keep on being the best mother in the world, but don't give them money. They understand it that way. But if you tell them, kick them out of the house, he's 35 and he should be on his own, that is not, not acceptable in our culture. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. just stop facilitating their money expenditure, and they are forced or to work or to starve or whatever. But uh, but uh, not uh, you cannot tell a Latino mother to go and uh, and and use tough love with our children. We we don't we're not built that way. We are mothers. We are, yeah. That's what we are. Mm-hmm. We don't let go that easy. Right. So you, sure. you've got to have that in consideration, that the, the word codependency and uh, tough love is not appropriate for us. Okay. Great. That's good. Important uh, to know. What about for yeah. uh, women that are Latina that, are in, uh, that have alcoholism or drug addiction themselves? What are some of the things that are important? And- 
you know. Unfortunately, mental illness and alcoholism and drug abuse, it's not accepted in our circles of Hispanics, a lot dependent, depending on social economic background. It seems that the better well-off and more, more prestige and more better career, it's more acceptable to have two or three cocktails at happy hour. But if you're very humble and poor, they judge you much more than if you were a successful woman. I don't know why that is, but that's the way we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, women are kept home covered and in a secret and and everything because we don't expose our weaknesses, they call it. They don't consider illness, uh, mental illness and addiction a a, a disease. They consider just a lack of willpower. They don't know. They're not educated into recognizing that as a disease. Mm-hmm. 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 Men can drink all they want. Oh, he's so funny. Women get drunk and they call the names. So mm-hmm. there is a different way to treat us men and women. Right. What helps Latinas get into recovery when they need it, when they have the disease of addiction? What kinds well, of strategies? Unfortunately, unfortunately, I see more men because of the criminal justice. One, two, three DWIs, they go to, have to go to prison. And sometimes probation officers calls us for men more than women. Women don't drive drunk. They get drunk at home more, more or less. We are, we are just uh, home drunks. We don't go out because of the judgment. So mm-hmm. men drive drunk, and we find them easier than a quiet uh, home alcoholic woman. Yeah, we are very, very careful about our reputation and the gossip and the, yeah. Right. What, in terms of uh, children, I could imagine, and this is true, I think, for all women that have the disease of addiction, the issue of, you know, uh, partly one reason it's hard to get into treatment is because what am I going to do with my children? You know, I can't go away for 30 days. That's not going to work for me. What are some ways that, go ahead. I, I am so fortunate to tell you that in Dallas, there's a place called Nexus. Yes. That do take families, like a mother with two or three children. They are built, and they've got this facility where you can take your kids, and there's no excuse not to go. Mm-hmm. But yes, there's only I've... one. Right, just one. Yes, I've been. I have the great good fortune to visit there uh, one day. Oh. Yeah, it's great. It's a wonderful place. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, it'd be great for if there were a lot more of those for sure. It was such happiness there. To yeah, but other that. than Nexus, there is not other women's treatment that can facilitate taking your your small children with you. So they're stuck between who's going to take care of them, like you said, or is it me that have to take care of or I have to take care of the kids, which is it, you know. And mm-hmm. by that time, men have already left the alcoholic wife, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, you said that with for Latino men that, as you say, they get caught in the justice system sometime with the DWIs and such. What, and once, yeah. once they're in treatment, once you're seeing them as a counselor, what helps them to get engaged with treatment and to get engaged with recovery? Well, unfortunately, and I, um, I hope not to get in trouble, we don't have follow-ups. I mean, we don't do... If you tell me how many people out of the criminal justice are still sober and clean, I couldn't tell you because once they get out of prison, they just move a lot. You cannot follow up with them because they change address. You know how it is. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to hire them because they've got a criminal record, and they kick them out of here. The parents don't want them anymore. The wife have moved on. So it is not a way we can track these people about their sobriety because they move constantly. And the phone that they gave us at this charge is not the telephone they've got now. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're guilty in not having a better system of tracking and see how many are really getting better, you know. Right. Now, currently you're working for APA, which does yes. support peer re- people that have already uh, been in treatment that su- uh, has peer support. And the founder, Joe Powell, actually was the guest of mine a couple of years ago here on Spirit of Recovery. Yes, my Tell boss. Us- yeah, yeah, your boss now. How about that? That's cool. And you said you used to be on the board of APA. And, and, uh, yeah, and when he great. started it, when he started, he needed people to kind of guide him in this enterprise. And I already had La Posada. So, yeah, I was part of his advisory board. Right. So APA does a good job of supporting people. What you Tell us a little bit about what you do. You support peer recovery. Okay. And they, what I'm, I, I get paid by APA, but my office is in Green Oaks, Dual mm-hmm. Diagnosis Hospital. It's mental health and addictions. A lot of people who have dual diagnosis, so that's the people I see. And APA who is paid my my checks, <laughs> it's an um, agency where after they are discharged, they can go and hook with, a, they call it, not counselors, but coaches. Mm-hmm. And this coach will be your co-pilot through recovery, meaning that they will look for the appropriate referrals so you can take care of yourself. Right. Yeah, that's and great. And I think and, it's wonderful. And so there you're working mainly with um, Spanish-speaking clients, is that correct? Yes. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, people don't understand that the Latinos, Hispanics have the same mental problems everybody else does. So when I see some Hispanic women more than men, in the sack ward, it's because they lost completely. They lost the temper or they lost commit or tried to commit suicide. And instead of keeping it quiet like they used to, they're calling the authorities so they can transport her to treatment. And, and I'm so happy for that because mm-hmm. now we can help them. Right. They become visible. I- Un- through unfortunate yeah, no, circumstances. No, the, the shame is not there as much as it used to be on my time. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's wonderful. Like a, a great yes. program, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what spirituality in the recovery community, in the Latino community. Well, I remember that the Latino community have a Roman Catholic background. Mm-hmm. That is where they come to the United States, I would say 90% are Catholic. But then they start listening to other, we call it Protestants, I don't know if you know what that means. Everybody that's not Catholic is a Protestant. That, uh-huh. That's what the way we talk in Spanish. Yeah. So they have the opportunity of getting a little more spirituality sense in other churches. could be Baptist, could be United. It could be. So now they have the, the chance not to follow what seven generations before them have done, but to get a little bit closer to God than we do in the Catholic Church. The priests are the only ones that can do everything. We just listen. So now they've got the chance to open their hearts to God, and, and they, are becoming, they are becoming real believers and participate in different churches and not churches. Uh, well, I call them churches. Uh, and, and different religions, and they choose to. And, uh, and the one they like the most is the non-denomination. Mm-hmm. They like mm-hmm. to go to unity. They like mm-hmm. to do that because they feel free and the spirituality grows and they sing and they let God come to them. And it's beautiful to see this transformation. It's wonderful. Thank you. It's time for our break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the spiritual aspect of recovery. My guest is Eliana 
Livoni Schippel, and we're talking about overcoming barriers to recovery in the Latino community. Stay with us here on Spirit of Recovery. We'll be right back. Unity World Day of Prayer is Thursday, September 11th. This year's theme is, We are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Please join us as we amplify the power of prayer by shining love and compassion around the world. There are several ways to participate. Visit worlddayofprayer.org for more information about this sacred event. Join us and let your light shine. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening. If you're just joining us, our topic today is overcoming barriers to recovery in the Latino community. My guest is Eliana Lavoni Schippel, licensed chemical dependency counselor. Eliana was born in Peru, has lived in the U.S. for many, many years, and she has provided bilingual and bicultural uh, professional recovery services to the Latino Hispanic community for 27 years. She um, won the Counselor of the Year Award and is in the Hall of Fame for the Texas Association of Addiction Professionals. She was featured in Newsweek as starting the first Hispanic Treatment Center in North Texas, and that was in 1989 in Dallas. And now uh, Eliana works for APA, which is a wonderful program in the Dallas area that supports people who are in the recovery process and supports them with peer coaching and helping them to connect with all kinds of resources so that they can be in recovery. And Eliana is also a woman in long-term recovery for 31 years. So, um, Eliana, you, before the uh, break here, we were talking about spirituality in the Latino community. So, how is it when um, you, when Latino people get into recovery? And again, we know that in, in many recovery processes, spirituality is a big part of it. So, how is that? You know, it's in recovery, it's pretty much God as you understand it. So, how does that work or not? Does that work well? well- well, uh, the thing, the way they ex- uh, explain it to me, don't compare religion with spirituality, and that's something we have to tell them the difference. And the spirituality is if you think good and you love yourself, you can have the opportunity to love others. And it all depends how you feel about yourself and, uh, and how much you love yourself and respect yourself. It's what you're going to give back. And they understand it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. So and does they, that... Yeah, they, they don't mix religion with uh, spiritual spiritual issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So people are able to, to develop that spirituality and, and support helps them in their recovery? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, usually yeah. after a long time using any kind of chemical, you feel like you are the worst person the worst thing in the world and uh, nobody loves you and nobody respects you which they don't Uh, so we are down very down in ourselves and when once you start loving yourself and letting god come to you that's what changes the whole whole thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you see any changes or not when people are in recovery um in the latino community to have 
does how they do their outside life change? Does, does it have an effect on cultural values or not? Do they feel like they still fit in or, or how does that work? Okay, I can only tell you about the notes my my coworkers write about Latinos interviews as, or assessments. What I know in almost every single assessment is no eye contact. What they have told them, and I do groups about culture, uh, culture, uh, culture is out of respect, they lower their eyes. It's not that poor eye contact. It's just respect to the counselor. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be aggressive or angry and look like one. So, so they lower the side so they can be respectful and they take it as low, as no eye contact. You see what I'm saying? Right. And, and they, that really they're brings, there. Yeah. That, that brings up that whole idea of cultural competence, which is a, yes. maybe a little, yes. so tell us more about that. What is it that people, what are some other things okay. that counselors okay. need to know? The way it should be, when you've got a family group and you invite the family of your client or your patient, you've got to go by priority. You shake hands with the father, then the mother, then the eldest son or daughter, and you go down to to the little one. You cannot just say hi and uh, and not respect the father, the the. the the father, the, the, the main man in the family. You've got to start with him. You have to shake hands with him. Mm-hmm. And the third thing, it is not ethical in a, in a lot of a profession, but if a Hispanic mother, a Hispanic father, a husband, a wife, brings you a present, if you don't accept it, you make the most bigger mistake in your life. You've got to say, I personally cannot accept it. But if it's for the whole office or the full staff, thank you very much. We will all enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. not unethical to receive flowers if you put them on the middle of the entrance for everybody to enjoy. You cannot take it to your office because that's a personal gift and we're not supposed to receive them. But if you explain the person that cooked that enchilada, for example, for us with all their heart and bring them and you said, sorry, I cannot accept it, not only we lose the trust, but the, the client will never come again because we have insulted them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So there are things you have to think before you say no. You share it with the whole staff and you put it in an obvious place where for everybody. Never say, no, we can't. Right. Yes. That's what a very are, big offense. It is a big deal. And what are some other things that are important? Um, for example, for people in recovery groups to know, um, you know, people that are in 12-step programs that uh, obviously there are Latino, Anglo people in those groups, are there things that Anglo people need to know about how to support? Well, in that case, the rules are the rules. You cannot bend the rules like uh, having a romantic affair with somebody on their group, not uh, dating them. It's the same across the board. In that way, to be fair, but uh, in the rest, uh, you know, it's the way they live that's not equal to the way you live. You cannot judge the clothing because it's the only thing they've got, you know. And if it's not appropriate, you can tell them, you know, if it's a lady with a low, low neck blouse or whatever, uh, you can tell her that uh, it's better if she wears something but not when she comes to group or whatever. But um, makeup and dress will be a little, we'll exaggerate it a little more than American will. We like the makeup, the high heels, and the dress. And sometimes we've got to tell that to come to group or treatment, there's a different outfit to wear, you know. Right, yeah, right. So but not shaming some... them, but you cannot shame them, because that's mm-hmm. the way they're doing their life. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, let me ask you that there's sometimes there's a, you, you told me about this, there's a difference maybe between the terms Latino and Hispanic, and that might matter. So what's the difference and why, why okay. does that matter? Okay, okay. This is what my research has brought. In Nixon administration, a lot of Lat- uh, Hispanics, well, they didn't have a name because they didn't exist, supposedly. A lot of brown people went to Vietnam. And they were killed as much as African Americans and Anglos. So the people, Muslim people said, who are these people? And someone very smart said, I don't know, but they talk Spanish. So mm-hmm. they found the Spanish denomination. They are Spanish because they talk Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Eliana, have no... We're having yes. a little hard time hearing you. I'm wondering if, if maybe you could move the it's phone a little bit or something. Phone? Yeah, it's a little blurry. You think it's my phone? Yeah. Is it better now? Bit. Yeah, that's better. Okay. Thank you so much because I want to hear what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So that's um, much better. Thank you. Okay, so you so were telling us did, about uh, the, the difference in Hispanic and Latino. Okay, they call us Hispanic because of the brown people that went to Vietnam and died, and they were not African-Americans, they were not Anglo, so who are these people? And somebody said, well, I don't know, they talk Spanish, so they call them Hispanic. Uh-huh. But Hispanic is openly saying that we all descend from Spaniards, which uh-huh. is not true. Uh-huh. So as Latin American people, Latins, uh, Latin America, everything that South America and Central America, and we can count Mexican and the islands, are Latinos. So maybe some troublemaker came and said, we're not Hispanics, we're Latinos, so call us by that. You know, mm-hmm. it's somebody somewhere coming with a different terminology, and, and there we are now. We like to be called Latinos because we come from Latin America. Right, that's that makes it. sense. And that's part of the, the cultural competence, I think, and, and respect to uh, really respect uh, people's own way of identifying themselves. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Good. Thank you for uh, telling us about that. I appreciate it. Um, oh. I, you know, I, what's coming up here, September is Recovery Month. I almost forgot to say yes. that. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So We're going to acting. Yes. So is there going to be anything special or not um, in the Latino community regarding Recovery Month? I know there's going to be a big rally in Austin, Texas, where I live now. Yes. Rally yes. for Recovery. We are going in buses. Yeah, we're going in buses all the way to, the, to, to Austin to make us present and to know that recovery is possible. And we have a face and a voice. Yes. Are there going to be yeah. any special banners or anything that you'll be carrying? Oh, and if yeah. So, oh, what will they whatever, say? Whatever they tell me to do, I'll be front row. I'm okay. taking banners and flags and everything because I want to know how we look. Usually you get in recovery and you go quietly to a happy life. But uh, the ones that don't mind showing the face and talking the, 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 the talk, like me, will go first row and walk through the Capitol. Yes. I will probably see you there. I'm going to look for you. I'll be there. Okay. It's going to be you, good. Met, so. yeah. yeah. When you see the upper people or the top people, that's me. Yes. I'm going to okay. have two, two hats. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll be looking for you. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. great. But, nice but before that, but tell us one more, your last words of wisdom, yeah. Eliana. What would you say um, uh for people, what's the most important thing for them to know about recovery, to get in recovery and stay in recovery and be a long-term recovering um, person? What's important? Well, unfortunately, the only thing I can tell them when you get tired of being tired, let me know. Because (laughs) I still think there is a time in your life that you wake up from this nightmare and says, I want to be a little better human being. Some other people will never understand the message, 
will never do the, the, the arithmetic, will never research under the seas, but most of us, we just get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And mm-hmm. that's the only thing I can educate them. I cannot make them or force them or anything. I don't have the power. But I can talk about it and educate as much, many people as I can in the Hispanic community. And I do that. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and uh, it's wonderful that they can see you and see your life and, and know what's possible. It's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So our time is up, but Eliana, thank you so much for being my guest. Um, Eliana oh, Lavonisha. Yes, it's wonderful. And, and she has been sharing with us, uh, what she does as a bilingual bicultural professional, uh, uh, addiction recovery counselor and how she does support the Hispanic community in recovery. And, uh, we've yeah. been talking about that today. And I will see you on September. 13th at the Capitol in Austin, yes, Texas. Yes, ma'am. With all those yes, thousands ma'am. of recovering people. It's going to be great. So We'll be there. All right. I've we'll be there. A- Thank you again. Okay. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thanks for Bye. listening. We'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. At Metaphysical Rock 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the Quest for Prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Victoria Moran. 
Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.